Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. So before we jump into the show today with Bill, I wanted to give you a bit of an update about what's been going on online around Office 365 development. The first one I wanted to re- mention was around uh, Vardaman Deshpande, and I do apologize if I've got your name pronounced incorrectly, but you've made a great post this week about improving the REST API performance. Um, this is focused really on the fact that now you can actually change uh, the accept header when you're calling the REST APIs um, as of Service Pack 1 of SharePoint Server, 2013 or with the Office 365 SharePoint Online service. Essentially, usually what you would do is you'd have in the accept header application WAC JSON colon OData equals verbose. Uh, and that would give you a, a, a payload back of about two kilobytes. Whereas now, if you go and change it um, just to say uh, accept application WAC JSON um, without anything about the OData, you'll actually get a payload back of 1.5 kilobytes. Or if you want it even smaller, if you go back and put a- accept of application whack JSON co- uh, semicolon OData equals no metadata, it'll actually come back with a 1.4 kilobyte payload. Um, in his post, he actually shows exactly what gets responded there. So you may find that you do need the verbose or you do need the uh, minimal metadata to get at what you need, but in a lot of cases you won't, and it will really reduce the payload of your applications as it calls over to SharePoint Online. So big thanks to Vardaman for posting that this week. The other one I wanted to bring, point out was um, Vesa Yuvenen, who is instrumental in the officeams.coplex.com project, which eventually will be renamed as the Patterns and Practices and be available on GitHub to be open sourced by the community. He just recently did a, an article on uh, the 9th of June where he talks about how you can provision site collections using the app model with CSOM. And he's got some great diagrams there and some really good code snippets and a video actually and some questions and answers so please go and check that out it's very useful if you're looking for scenarios for creating site collections um, also Andrew Connell uh, a SharePoint MVP uh, has been in the space for a long long time with web content management and MCS before that and he's been doing a fair bit of work around AngularJS uh, with a plural site course that he published um, in, in time for the, the build conference this year uh, that we ran in uh, March or April He's just posted around better notifications for custom SharePoint apps where he's using the native uh, SharePoint JavaScript class called sp.ui.notify to really show uh, toast messages um, that pop up within your app and which is really cool because you get that consistency of the SharePoint UI a little bit like how you use the Chrome control in your provider hosted apps and your SharePoint hosted apps to pull that through. So please go and check out Andrew Connell's post on that. And then lastly, uh, Dragon Pankov, and I really apologize if I've pronounced your name wrong, um, he's actually posted a blog article around the uh, a sample that uh, Shakara Deep Chandran, who is part of the Visual Studio team, better known as Shax, because there's another tongue twister of a name, um, who posted a, a really cool sample, and Dragon's actually taken it and extended that sample. Um, unfortunately, up until literally this morning, uh, we ha- didn't have this on GitHub, but now we actually have that available on github.com dev, and it's called the um, the people uh, the product, product lists code sample 
And I'm hoping that Dragon's going to go back and all the work he's posted as code snippets in his blog post, he can actually just pull down that project from GitHub, make those changes, and then he can submit that pull request, which we'll accept. And that way we can see the community is actually improving those code samples that we, we've started out on. So if you've checked out those code samples and you've got some cool scenarios you want to add, in this case he's added the edit and delete uh, functions to the product list and checks had originally just put the create product list item on there. Um, please get involved in that because it's great visibility for you. Um, it gives you a bit of a challenge outside of your normal day-to-day work, especially if you're currently not working on app model stuff. Um, so thank you again for Dragon for that and all the other bloggers that I've mentioned um, at the beginning of the show. And then two other things. As well as the product list code sample, we actually shipped a Microsoft Buildings code sample um, which is really focused on um, taking the scenario of an Outlook um, app, works both in Outlook desktop client and OA, um, so it's available on all the different platforms where OA is supported within a browser. And essentially what it does is it pulls from a REST service, which is actually part of the code, uh, the GitHub product as well, and it pulls the building list through, and then you can actually select the building that you want to inject into your Outlook body of your message, whether it's an email or maybe it's a meeting invite. And inside there, it'll add the Bing map and it'll add the address. Again, a very common scenario with businesses trying to dig out addresses. So go and check that sample out. It's very, very useful when it was actually demonstrated in um, uh, the, the Outlook, sorry, the Office Power Hour at the SharePoint conference by Rolando Jimenez, who was the author of that project. So thank you, Rolando, for sharing that with us. Rolando is actually in our engineering group within the ODP team, um, and he's been very, very helpful for us around all of the endpoints that we focus on servicing those apps in all of the user interfaces across the Office 365 platform. And then two other very exciting um, examples have come from our Open Tech team. Now, the Open Tech team are really focused on non-Microsoft developers like Android developers and iOS developers and PHP and Ruby developers. And they've actually shipped two um, really nice samples, one being the Wikipedia app and one being the PeopleGraph app. Both of those are actually available in the store, so you can actually get your business users to try those out within the respective pro- uh, products like Word and PowerPoint and Excel. But we've provided the source code there, and the Open Tech team have actually been blogging about how they built those things, including some videos. So please go and check that out. And then lastly, thank you again for everyone who's been listening to this show. Uh, we've had over 4,000 downloads of the first two episodes within two weeks, which is really exciting for me as um, the show owner, and has given me a lot of enthusiasm to keep this going. So one thing I do ask is I'm after feedback on what kind of topics you want me to cover and I'll go and find the experts to go and question. Um, So please, jump on the Yammer network, go to the Office 365 Technical Network, um, which is www.yammer.com WAC IT Pro Network, and there's a poll inside the Office 365 Dev Podcast group, where you can go and vote for topics based on what I've been hearing, and essentially I want to see who gets the most votes, and I'll go out and get that show recorded as soon as I can, and get it shipped within one of our weekly shows. So again, Thanks very much for supporting the show, and I hope you enjoy it. And um, now we'll get talking to Bill. Okay, well, welcome to another uh, pod show. I'm here today with Bill Ayres. Um, we're at the European SharePoint Conference in Barcelona. Um, just the end of wrapping up for the day. Uh, just sat in Bill's session. 
where he was talking about mobile development on top of the office platform. So um, got a lot of information out there, so that was good. So thanks for doing that session, mate. Yeah, it was great. How fun. have you found the conference? I've really enjoyed it. It's been fantastic, a great venue, uh, beautiful weather. A nice, uh, nice change from all the way rain we've had back in the UK. So yeah, it's uh, been a bit rough over there, right? Yeah, it's kind of the last few days. It's not been too bad before I came over, but yeah, it's uh, it's really good and a great uh, atmosphere at the conference. Lots of interesting conversations, lots of interesting people. So really enjoyed it. Yeah, good. We um, it, it was kind of it's just a shame that they can't do this outside and sit on chairs and. You know, in the garden, in the garden area, or something, and watch the presentations rather than yeah. stuck in the expo yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah. Well, the garden dinner was nice, which it was, was outdoors. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. very nice. But um, and so, what have you been working? Excuse me, what have you been working on recently? Uh, so I've been doing actually a bit of multilingual work on a, a, a multilingual website. Funnily yeah. enough, so uh, uh, that's been quite interesting, uh, and a few uh, few developers working on that. So that's been good. Um, did a did a few bits of work for a company in the U.S., so I was able to work from home and do it over well, over uh, WebEx and things like that. Yeah, 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 so that was quite good fun. Uh, so yeah, had a pretty interesting year. Uh, and uh, before that, I was doing some work at one of the big telecoms companies. All right. Again, on multilingual. So. And and all all very much SharePoint development that you yes, focused on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally SharePoint uh, development and software architecture, I guess. Cool, okay. I would say my my sub areas. And and so when you're at conferences, in what time kind of topic areas have you been talking about recently? The mobile, and there is one. Yeah, mobile is one. Uh, also, uh, I did a few sessions on multilingual. Yeah. Uh, I've sort of sort of backed away from that a little bit because the questions are really tough at the end. Yeah, Because right. everybody's got a, a very particular, uh, obscure question usually about some some language, and so it's difficult to. To, uh, to to know all the ins and outs of what everybody's trying to do in, in that space, so that's uh, that's a tough tough subject. But I will be giving that one again uh, in a few weeks' time. Um, and then around um, agile development and test driven development, so oh, I've got a okay. few sessions on that that, uh, cool. that I've been giving. So uh, so yeah, that's that's been pretty interesting and some very specific challenges in SharePoint development yeah, okay. in those areas. And, and and are you working much with the app model already with SharePoint, or yeah. you, what what kind of work you've been doing there? So, um, I've been doing a yeah a bit of bit of work on a, particularly on uh, getting some sort of client side uh, applications going. So I guess that's not the SharePoint app model, but it's using that infrastructure yeah. that's built in for SharePoint twenty thirteen app model. Yeah, uh, the with the really beefed up the the REST API and the CSOM as well, the client-side object model. Yeah. So that really wasn't there in such strength in the 2010 version. So we were perhaps building uh, our custom web services to plug some gaps and do a bit of client-side development. Now we can go full-on client-side and use the built-in uh, built-in REST and CSOM API. And, of course, we can use that on Office 365 yeah. as well. Yeah. So that just kind of opens up a whole lot of things that we weren't so easy to do in 2010. So that's, that's great. And so with your team, how do you typically skill these guys up to learn CSOM on REST? Like, what kind of resources are you using? Well, uh, I think probably um, the usual uh, MSDM and things yeah. like that. But the, you need to go back to things like the OData specification, uh, REST is there's not a lot to know about REST, but certainly JavaScript is uh, is an area, and I think certainly those of us who have been doing SharePoint development for a, a, a number of years, we've probably not really 
got into the into depth with SharePoint we've just uh, with uh, with JavaScript we've just really used JavaScript as a tool for fixing things in, right. in our pages and so on yeah uh, and that's a, a journey I've been on over the last year or two is really trying to get my head around what is proper JavaScript development yeah yeah and you know the weird thing is that um, uh, a lot of those features were in the language all the time I've been I used JavaScript back in kind of 96 97 right, right. and uh, and I, I didn't really develop JavaScript skills. I focused on C++ and then in the, sort of the last decade it's been C Sharp. Yeah. And just used JavaScript ad hoc and uh, sort of come around to thinking I really need to get a, a grip on JavaScript and learn it as a language and treat it as a first-class language. And I think that's going to be the, the key skill in, yeah. in SharePoint development. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's kind of the key, and this is what I keep telling people, you know, when, when their concerns are around, well, you know, JavaScript is not, not as great as a managed code environment, but I think the reality is, even in your session today when you're talking about Cordova, you know, everything, and there's a lot of things going JavaScript even outside of the realms of SharePoint. And right. Obviously, the whole Office platform now, whether you're building apps for any of the Office client desktop or the Office online, you know, you need those JavaScript skills really to yeah. to make your sites pop. Yeah, so, um, and it's not just JavaScript, it's JavaScript, right, totally. HTML5, right. CSS, yeah. REST, OData. It's right. like a package of yeah. stuff that we've got a lot of. It's a, it's a lot to, to get hold of in, one, in one go. And, and I, I think... think yeah, we've, we've kind of, with the development side, we've all been used to using ASP.NET 2.0 right. and then 3.5 yeah. with SharePoint. And yeah. we've tried to do everything on the server side with yes. the server side object model. But I think the transition, as you say, where the improvements in the rest of the CSOM, it's meant that now we can transition to the client side. And it's not an easy gap to jump to. Absolutely not. And um, there's a cultural thing as well, because uh, in most of the projects I've worked on, there have been specialist front-end developers they right. call them different things in different organizations but yeah. they are their skill set is html and javascript yeah. and you tell them okay that well sometimes they tell you this is what i want the html to look like and you build that in a web part yeah. sometimes it's the other way around you say okay we need you to do this and they'll figure it out somehow right. and so that's also been a factor in not really learning so much about those client-side skills because yeah, we've always had true. somebody else to do it yeah and, it's very uh, true I think those lines are blurring a little bit. Oh, I mean, totally, there's always yeah. a need for a designer. You know, I couldn't design or say myself have a paper bag, but it's well, gonna... the design is different. So right. that's that's usually another group of people. Yeah, that's true. And they the, work in the uh, Photoshop the... or whatever, yeah, right. whatever Adobe tool it is that they yeah. they use, and they make these mockups. Yeah. And so that stage. Well, and then there's your wireframes, and in some projects you have even another discipline, which is the UX designer yep. or the experience architect EA they're called in some organizations yeah. they, they do wireframes and they figure, or use a tool like uh, Axure yeah. or uh, um, Balsamic yeah, and, and they Balsamic do wireframes yeah, yeah. right and and then there's another group that does the graphical design and they hand it to right. front end developers and yeah. you're kind of almost at the back of the queue doing the yeah I mean I've been talking a fair bit about Angular recently and obviously there's mm. other frameworks that are out there mm. and there's that kind of that versus knockout versus all those other I think Angular's just yeah. exploded over yeah. the last few months I think the, the backing so. of you know Google driving it and, yes. and using it in their own products and yes. open sourcing it means yeah. that Eventually, that one will drive forward. I actually oh, I found so, out that yeah. the the founders of Gerandal, which was the yes. other one, 
actually yeah, joined the Angular project. Yeah, Rob Eisenberg, yeah. joined that. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's, it seems to point towards the Angular. I think, I think uh, Durandal will continue. I think he said he was going to oh, do really? another row of Durandal, but yeah. his focus is obviously moving over to yeah. Angular. So, I mean, that's great news yeah. because it's such a fast-changing uh, field yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought... SharePoint was moving fast, but yeah, when you right. look at JavaScript, that, that world, yeah. world just changes yeah. almost on a weekly basis, so it'll be good to see some stability there yeah. if we can no, sort of focus around Angular, which is a good platform. Yeah, yeah. Everybody likes it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's something to focus on. Yeah, so I think... On the, yeah, sorry. On, yeah, no, on the, uh, on the mobile side, yeah, it's, um, yeah some particular libraries that are relevant there, but... Uh, but Pretty much everywhere else, I think Angular, and maybe eventually as a mobile. Yeah, there seems to be a little well. bit of concern with Angular, the performance side of it. If you're doing a very big mm. single page app, um, in the fact that it might kind of slow down certain mobile devices that yeah. aren't quite as juiced up as my giant 15, 20, right. for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think for normal center browsers, as long as they're they're in like the modern realm and on on yeah. IE7 or I, th- I think everybody's sort yeah. of IE8 plus now yeah, so that shouldn't be too much of a concern even, except maybe uh, some organisations where they're so locked down that right. they, but I think even they must be flipping over they, they're going to have to yeah there's yeah. going to be certain pressures yeah. right it's just time yeah, yeah. yeah and then and you know do you have you been in the religious debate around Knockout versus Angular I mean what's your opinion not really that? I just use whatever whatever tool so it's, it, Knockout versus Angular is a bit it's, it's not not, not a valid comparison. Yeah, so Knockout is really just a data binding framework, yep. and you'd use that in conjunction with some other SPA framework. Right, right. So Durandal was kind of in that bucket. Yeah, yeah. Except I think you could flip in a different uh, yeah. uh, data binding framework. I've used it with jQuery, for yep. example. You can use it with Kendo UI. Right, right. Um, but they also have their own yep. built in. Uh, you could presumably use it with WinJS if you wanted to. If you yeah, wanted that's to true. use that framework, yeah. but it has its own data binding yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, I think the reason I, I was trying to force that over you a bit, but it, is, it seems to be this comp that whenever I present on Angular, people are like, well, why aren't you using Knockout? But mm. I think Angular is a, it's a bigger A complete, set it's a package, of, yeah, right. yeah. I've asked some um, web developers, you know, why, why do you like Angular yeah. as opposed to, say, some of these other frameworks? And the, the main argument seems to be you just get everything in that one right, package. Right. It's a full package with yeah. all the, uh, so the SPA framework and the, the data binding and these other tools. Yeah, because yeah, it yeah. can get a bit dangerous if you have got multiple JavaScript libraries you're using and the testing yeah, across the frameworks. it's difficult to manage. Yeah, yeah keeping, keeping, and then they all keep revving on a different cadence, right, so you're right. trying to keep them all in sync. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed with jQuery, you, that can be tricky, getting the right version. Uh, some things yes. uh, with... Uh, jQuery mobile and knockout they don't work always with a certain right. version of jQuery so you have to get the right right version yeah I've stuff. seen in some production code and recently actually some uh, using the CDN which is a good option mm. but you know they don't target a version they just use whatever's the latest but um, mm. you know the guidance I've been getting from a lot of people is that you should really be looking to target a particular version and then yeah. you know ship your app and update yeah. the version next time you ship it yeah. against a test yeah. schedule rather yeah. than kind of you know, you ship your app and then jQuery releases a new version and suddenly yeah, your app falls yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, you want to point to the specific version right, rather right. than the, the generic yeah. latest, yeah. And, and just to go back from the REST side mm. of the house, I mean, for me, this is, you know, it's very different. I mean, I'm used to kind of, you know, managed code in TeleSense. Yeah, well, me studio. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you, you mentioned about going to the REST, the REST schema and the OData schema. 
I mean, what, how, why, why is that useful? Just so people because it's an those. open standard. So yeah. that's the great thing about REST. Personally, I, I sort of feel about uh, that, that REST is probably the way to go, rather than CSOM. Yeah. Uh, because it's a, an open standard, and uh, you know, and I noticed that they're opening up a REST API to uh, other parts of Office 365, yep. like uh, Exchange, I think now. Yeah, so, that's correct. Yeah. So you know, that that's uh, that's could become the universal tool yep. that, that we want. CSOM is really very much bound to SharePoint, and I think it's sort of designed to be uh, comfortable to a, uh, a server-side object model SharePoint developer. Right, yeah, um, I think it was definitely that transition. There are some other good things in CSOM. It yes. has slightly broader reach than the REST API yep. at the moment. Um, you've got that option to batch up requests and, and do some exception handling on the server, which are all nice features in yep. CSOM. But, but I think the... Uh, REST is very attractive just because of the openness of the standard right, and sticking right. to the OData. And I think with 2013 Service Pack 1, they've flipped over to OData 3 now uh, as yeah, well, so which is a good thing. Yeah. So we don't have to do the uh, OData, uh, OData verbose uh, right, thing right. anymore. Is yeah, no, it was interesting with that. And, and, and when I was building my first Angular uh, project, which I did at SPC, uh, the, the other side of it was around the, with the REST is that Angular, obviously, because it handles the rest from other mm. APIs, mm. it was very easy to call the SharePoint and get it in like a complex object in mm. JavaScript and yeah. you know iterate through and loop that on a view or something. So mm. that was quite clean. Mm. It definitely, you know, SharePoint developers of old who used to mm. SP Web and SP Site, CSOM's going to be more comfortable as that transition. But um, interestingly, people always ask, you know, well, is CSOM going to go away? Um, I was talking to the, the ODP team, which is mm. the Office Developer Platform mm. team. So they're the engineers that kind of look after the APIs mm. and all the endpoints and all the clients and the mobile apps and stuff. And what they were saying was that, in actual fact, the, the code that they gen use to generate CSOM is exactly the same code they use to generate REST. Right. The only reason there's a gap between REST and CSOM um, is that the workflow REST APIs that are generated and the managed metadata APIs that are generated they're not really that usable yeah. um, because of the REST syntax. So they'd mm. have to kind of break away from the out-of-the-box generating right. and do kind of more customized implementations. Yeah. So CSOM's there by default for management data and workflow, um, but the REST ones just aren't intuitive as a REST kind of interface yeah. approach. Yeah. So they're not going anywhere. Like There's no reason for There's no reason to, to take them away, off. is right. there? No, yeah. In yeah. A, like in another version, uh, yeah, remove yeah. them. Yeah, it was one of the many myths flying around mm. uh, about the APIs and the app model yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of these things, like there was the, the whole thing about the sandbox, of course. Right, you right. Know, I mean, uh, that, that framework's going to be around for a, lot, for a while, if not parts of it, possibly, you know, you'll be able to use... The user code service, I guess, could go at some time yeah. as, a, as a service, but uh, the other parts of that model. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. backwards compatibility for, all, for a right, extended totally. period. I mean, they've, you know, we, we've declared it deprecated mm. from a managed code perspective. Which doesn't mean the same as dead, necessarily. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it might be the case that you know, there's a lot of things that use it already out of the mm. box with SharePoint. Mm. Um, but the other side of it is, is that you can still use Sandbox that are declarative. Um, yeah. So if you want to deploy kind of artifacts into SharePoint, you can use Sandbox solutions mm. to do that, um, you know. But you know, naturally, we're trying to encourage people to use the app model. Of course, model yeah, want to move forward. Move forward. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But if you're yeah. transitioning things from, you know, your old customizations, mm. it's the Sandbox is definitely there as a way yeah. of being Office 365 safe sure. and, and cloud ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I guess the same applies to the server-side object model. Yeah, you know, as far as on-prem is concerned, 
you know, that's that's still a valid tool to use to continue to develop. Yep. With, you know, nothing's forcing you to go to the right, right. model. Yep. There's lots of good reasons to. Yeah. There may be situations where, where we're going to continue using that, and I imagine we'll kind of carry on doing that for quite a few years yet. And yeah, it's and I think going to disappear overnight. Yeah, there's definitely some scenarios where full trust code is is you know going to be there. We were talking to some people today about kind of the WCM stuff. You know, mm. that, that really yeah. does need you to use full trust code. Yeah, because the app model in terms of servicing and manipulating the out of the box SharePoint pages mm. is really app parts and the ribbon and yeah. the other custom actions. Yeah. Um, so and obviously then theming for branding, but mm. in the case of WCM, you know, apps don't support anonymous, so it's it's not really a good. Uh, fit for WCM sites, so there'll yeah. always be that need for on-premises around those yeah. those areas. Yeah. I think it's going to be a bit dangerous to try and map things that we did in the uh, in Full Trust Solutions and map them onto how would you do that in the app model. Yeah, sometimes you need to take a step back and totally. say, do we need to rethink the whole way we're yeah, doing yeah. this? And uh, or even as as Dan was saying in the keynote. To, Take it a step even further back, I guess, and look at the business case of right. what we're trying to Why do. We need Why are we doing that at all? Yeah, I think the biggest case around that, and uh, Bill's talking about Dan Holm, um, the biggest case around that was uh, these people that want to stop SharePoint looking like SharePoint. Yeah. Uh, you know, the reality is, you, you, know, you don't go, your business doesn't go, we want to make uh, Gmail look different mm. or want to make no. Dropbox look different. Yeah. They kind of almost expect those to be what they are. Yeah. But I think because of the days of old where you could do it yes. and you could go in there and break the layouts, files, and stuff, mm. there was that, well, we can carry on doing that. Um, but the, obviously, the app model doesn't encourage that. And no, no. With the way that we're updating the service in Office 365, you necessarily you don't want to be bending SharePoint's UI too hard. Mm. Um, because you don't know the changes that are coming right. if you've manipulated the SharePoint UI, yeah. whether it's going to break your manipulations. Yeah, in the this is why you know, a lot of people are stuck on SharePoint 2007, right. because they've got some yeah. custom code or something that is preventing them from moving. Yeah, I think that that side of it with. Um, you know, with the 2007, like the major upgrade steps. Mm. You know, we've been through it. I'm sure you've been on yeah, consultancy yeah. Oh, gigs yeah. of yeah. 2000 to 2010 and 2010 yeah. to 2013, yeah. and you're yeah. evaluating all these customizations people have done yeah. in SharePoint Designer and going, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Office 365, you don't really have that major upgrade. You know, it's yeah. just a continuous flow of yeah. updates. Yeah. You know, there's going to come a time, I think, when we just think of SharePoint, uh, if we even call it SharePoint, but... We'll, as those services are just more services that we use alongside things like Twitter and Facebook or whatever. They may have changed, but you know, over the years, maybe in ten years' time, yeah. it'll just be a service that we consume right, from right, our right. client-side apps yeah. or whatever, and probably on a mobile device of some description. Yeah, and I think even the messaging, and you meant you did bring it up around the the Office 365 APIs, so the ability to kind of connect to OneDrive for business mm. and. Uh, mail and yeah. contacts and what, uh, sites and groups um, you know you, you can see that it's becoming a platform that you can just consume you don't necessarily yeah. even have to use the UI yeah. you know you can yeah. build these things in Windows Phone and Windows 8 yeah. and even just a standalone web app so it's going to be exciting I'm, I'm looking forward to working with people and seeing what they're going to do with those APIs mm. not necessarily yeah. even you know connecting to SharePoint directly as a UI but just mm. consuming those services almost on a platform yeah level. yeah so, Excellent. Exciting times ahead. Yeah, that's I think. right. I'm glad I've joined at this time when yeah, it's all, you, you know, it's advanced yeah, very it's quickly good, in the good, last uh, few years. Good time to get involved. Yeah. 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 And um, so what's up for you next? Where, where are you next on your travels from a SharePoint um, world? Well, I'm doing the uh, 
SharePoint Evolution Roadshow mm-hmm. in the uh, beginning of June. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be appearing at um, Manchester, uh, um, Leeds, Newcastle, and uh, Nottingham. So all sounds very exotic. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of the immediate horizon for me at the moment. Yeah, that roadshow seems a bit ambitious, and I'm not sure whether everyone's going to be sick of each other by the end of the. Well, it's only four nights, so they they, they're going to see the back of me after four days, so it's not going to be too bad. I don't think there's too many people doing all of them. There are a few, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think Penny's doing all of them. Oh wow! Commentary is doing all of them, and uh, uh, Steve Smith is doing all of them, obviously. So uh, cool. There's a few, but it'll be quite fun. You know, there's going to be a bus that moves between venues, so it could be like a like a rock. Rock, true roadshow uh, ro- yeah like a well, the group a is coming tour. on board <laughs> yeah I expect it'll be like that exactly like that I imagine yeah yeah living yeah. the dream oh totally yeah yeah oh, well thanks very much for um, doing this show with me I really appreciate it it's nice yeah, to catch it's up been too real fun, yeah um, and so how will people reach out how, how will people get in touch with you where, where are you on the interwebs oh right okay well I have a a, a blog of sorts which is hosted on SharePoint actually um which is at sbdoctor.net or .com works as well. Uh, my Twitter handle is sbdoctor, and uh, my email address, if you want to ping me an email, is billa at flowsim.com. You're very brave. Yeah, email I, address. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Was that wise? Well, it's on on all those other sites. That's so, true. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you've been great. Very happy to hear. And I people. love see, kind of following the themes of what you're working on. So I appreciate what you do for the community. Um, and so, listeners, we'll have a few more interviews that we're going to be publishing in the next few weeks. And um, please keep an eye on dev.office.com for all the latest kind of greatest stuff around development. And also on blogs.office.com, WACDEV, where you'll see all of our announcements of our new tools releases or any new API services that we're allowing you guys to build against. So um, I hope you've enjoyed this. If you'd be interested in being on the pod show, um, please reach out to me at jthake at microsoft.com. And it'd be great to chat to you about what you're doing in the Office Developer Platform. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com WACDEV, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.